Welcome to Bid On You, the podcast, where we help you navigate the chaos of life and experience the bliss of backing yourself. Hosted by yours truly, Marissa Lee. It's time to bid on you. So let's start the show. Welcome back to Bid On You, making noise, making noise and clapping. Today we are joined by a very special guest, Lo, who is a dancer, who is a boxer, who is a pending life coach, at least for me personally, and beyond. Uh, She's also really just going to be here to tell us how to be an all-around badass today. So I will let her kind of give us some coaching, but I'm But we're really going to focus this episode on how to roll with the many, many punches that come with this life, especially as we roll into a new year with our resolutions. So let's get the show started. Do you want to do an intro? Do you want to tell the people or was that good? How do you feel? You can add anything you'd like. You were like, it encompassed me completely. Okay, incredible. So... We did this little thing on the month. show, members of the month. It's really just for me and my overly online presence. So if I see something, we can really just like kind of have hot topics and pop culture and chat about it. So of course, this week, we're going to talk about Simone Biles. Okay, good. That was me assessing if you knew what we were going to say. So this is really a shout out to Simone. However, um, it's for all the women in the world (laughs) or the world tries to randomly like humble for absolutely no reason. So if you're not familiar, don't know how you wouldn't be. But Simone Biles is the most awarded Olympian, I'm pretty sure, as the girls say. I mean, she's on the cereal box. She is that girl. And hello in the world. Like. Man, woman, he, she, they. So she married this young man. And I'm trying not to like, you know, shade too much. But she married this young man. Seems cute. That's why I was really bummed out. Because I was like, you really could have just sat there and been pretty. Yikes. But anyway, he basically, they went on a podcast. Nah. <laughs> Funnily enough. No, we would never not a bit on you. Get it to someone else. So he went on a podcast and basically decided to say that he was the actual catch and that she lucked up and she pursued him and ra 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 ra. Oh my lord. And you know, after that, I was like, I will not be asking a man for directions. Like you literally won't get it from me. No, I won't be asking them anything. You know what it is though? It's like a overcompensation for the lack. You from know, himself yeah yeah because i mean like again like everything you listed like how accomplished how recognized yeah. and also like just how uh pivotal her presence has been right is he not not not, not, not no shade and it's no shade but you're not, not i'm not an olympian i think that's scary you know me even I th- me yeah i think it's scary to be next to someone that maybe you are a little bit intimidated by scary for women or for men for men I think mostly, I think mostly for men and I've been listening to, you know, kind of a lot of like different balances of, of that. And it Mm -hmm. it takes, I think we still sometimes forget that we're segueing away, not maybe not necessarily away, but we're finding different ways of thinking of like roles within a relationship or roles between like man and a woman. And like, I think that a lot of times we still think like the man is the taker care, the man is the presence and the woman. Yeah. And the woman is a bit of the supporter not Mm -hmm. to say that that is absolutely true and everything, but I do think like it still lives there. Mm -hmm. So 
I think the male ego is 1000% valid to be there. But I do think that it it's a tough one to navigate yeah. when the woman is very strong and the woman is very present. I think the issue I run into with that is in general of life right now as women, especially it's like when a man is like, for example, oh, like Kiki Palmer's baby father, when he was like, I'm super traditional, except for the fact that y'all aren't married, except for the fact that you have a baby and you're not married, except for the fact that you're not the breadwinner. Like it's always traditional when it comes to putting women down and putting them in their place in specifically in relationships. Cause I feel like, for myself, right? Like I'm single, no man pays my bills, etc. But then it's like, so same thing with Simone. She's like, I'm a go getter. Even she says this in the interview. She's like, I knew what I wanted and I got it, which cute, cute, cute. However, it does make me wonder, like maybe the girls are onto something with like the rules and all of that. Cause there is some component that no matter how much women like progress and are like independent, there's still that element of like, but you still need to sit back and let a man like chase you down the street, like Rapunzel. And I just don't get that. Yeah. And I think, but I think it's also from not to say it's our fault too, but mm-hmm. I think on some level, because we know that that is possible for like a bruised ego or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, I think sometimes we sort of like let them have it. Oh, you know? um, how so? In the sense that like, I know that this is going to make him feel strong and good. So I'm not going to say this or I'm not going to, you know, be as loud about this. I am going to sit back on this one. And I don't, but I don't know. I that's don't know good if, I because don't I don't think that way. So I need to start. I'm not saying everyone does this. Yeah. I think, and maybe I'm also like speaking. Yeah. I, maybe I'm also speaking for myself. Mm. I, I don't feel like I actually do this in this relationship, but mm. I do think in past relationships, I've done that mm. where I have sort of like, I've known that uh, they might've needed a little boost. Mm. So I don't want to be, or in my mind, I felt, yeah. okay, I don't want to shower them with the accolades that I just had, or I don't, I don't want to be so, so out true. loud with my, my success. <laughs> yeah. Or just even my drive. You know what mm. I mean? I think someone having drive is scary when you don't have drive. Someone Ooh. having drive is like uncomfortable because you're like, it almost shines this spotlight on like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. And, and I think that, that, and then you're insecure and you're projecting that onto me. Yeah. Like you're thinking that I'm getting yeah. ready to leave you. And I think that that's not even particular to man or woman. I yeah. think that 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 at the end Any of the day relationship. Is a whole, yeah. And so I think it just, you know, you have someone like Simone Biles who's like Hello. the ultimate. Like you know, she wanted something, she Hello. got it in the biggest way possible on the on one of the biggest yeah. platforms. Yeah. You know, and it it's not like how can I compete th- with that totally, right. but it is kind of like most of us will never know what that feels like realistically you know that's a big feat but I think knowing that it's like you knew all these things when you got with me most most do and most that's the attraction but no he swears up and down he didn't know who she was okay so I did I totally I don't believe even the men when a man is looking at you like that's how you know. Like they were there's like, "Bro, so, come on." So much Instagram. There's so much like. Come yeah, like what are you seventy? Please, you can find out who I was, and I'm not her. Okay. <laughs> you can find bid on you, and you like, please, Simone comes to you. Be serious, okay? Well, good luck, Simone. We love you, and we love all the women and people out there who just want more for themselves. And we hope that you all find the person that wants the same for you. That's how we'll. That's like a very PC way of pulling it together. 
So speaking of wanting the same for you, we're going to get into you, Miss Ma'am. So tell us a little about your journey, how you got to LA, just your little backstory. I, I feel like I kind of went like around and then landed. Um, I'm originally from Guam, uh, which most don't know where that is, but it's over by the Philippines. Like people have heard but, Guam. Uh, yeah, some. I think yeah. when they hear Guam, they're yeah, like, Guatemala. Yeah, or they. <laughs> yeah, together. I think yesterday someone asked me if it was by the Caribbean. I was like, Ooh. no. Okay. Um, well, so hit or miss on it. Yeah, geography's that knows. not my strong suit either. So we'll give them that. It truly wasn't mine, but you know, I know where Guam. <laughs> At least is. I know where I came from. So yeah, I mean, and actually, I'm like, I was about to say, in theory, in reality, I was born in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but my dad is originally from Guam and wanted me to grow up there. So I probably moved when I was like three or four. Do you say like Guamian? Like what's the... So I'm, this is, uh, I feel like a heavily debate, debated topic, but I'm half Chamorro. So I would refer okay. to myself as being Chamorro. What's Chamorro? Chamorro is like the native people from Guam. Okay. That's what I was saying. Is it like Caribbean? Guamian? Yeah. Or be like Hawaiian. Like, you know, okay, there's, cute. There's, there's Polynesian. Hawaiians. Yeah. I but see. with that said, there are people who are born and raised on Guam that are not Chamorro. Right. So On a they, territory. Sort of thing. So they would maybe harbor. Yeah, consider themselves like Guamanian. Okay, so I was right. That's a word. Totally wrong. But like a Chamorro person wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, they wouldn't necessarily refer to themselves as Guamanian. Got it. In the same way that, like, in Hawaii, like, yeah. if someone's not Hawaiian, Native right. Hawaiian, they wouldn't call themselves Hawaiian. Got it. Got it. Okay, cute. Okay, so then you so were then, in Guam. So I was on Guam. I um, grew up, went to high school all the way. Uh, and then I went to college in Hawaii because I felt like that was, like, the next big step. Right. <laughs> and it's not too far-ish. It's not too far. It was, like, an eight-hour yeah. plane ride. And it's pretty much Guam, but bigger. Yeah. Um, so I went to college there. I went to University of Hawaii in Manoa. That's so fun. Go Bows. Um, <laughs> and then I did like a study abroad in London okay. for dance. And then I was like, I want to, I want to do the dance thing. I want to do it big. I, I want to do it hard. Dancing. Yeah. So then I went and moved to New York on a whim. Like, yeah. I really just was like, let me just pack my bags. Because that's where everyone dances. You're like, that's my next step. Yeah. Naturally. It was either New York or LA. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, I would never, I don't even know where I was coming from with this actually, like this energy, but I was like, I would never live in LA. Everyone like, says that. Not. I'm like, right. but I, I mean, I can count on zero hands how many times I've been there. I'd never been there. Yeah. So the, the logic was just like, no, just the vibes, the vibes yeah. are off. Just the vibes were off. <laughs> never been there, but the no vibes proof. Off. Yeah. <laughs> zero proof. Um, so I moved to New York, uh, danced there, lived there for like six years and then moved to visited LA. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Oh, it's actually like not so bad here. Mm-hmm. And it's also warm. We like that. Hey, did you visit during the winter in New York? Uh, I visited during when I was, I think it was like actually like August. Okay. Like, but you were like, it's not even horribly hot and yeah humid. yeah and it was like cool at yeah. night I was like and I at the time was like everyone's so nice right. like you know like <laughs> you see I was at the time I was like this is cool like yeah. I could see and I think the biggest attraction was that you it, at the time again mm-hmm. it seemed like you got more for your buck okay. so you know I I was still in New mm-hmm. York dancing and and I I think I was just sort of like tired of yeah living the starving artist life and so I was like if I'm gonna live as a starving artist like let me do it in the sunshine yeah so I left New York and just on a whim again decided to move to LA I told no one um I kind of I visited LA I booked a job a dance job went back and 
packed my stuff and literally left. Like people still thought I lived in New York when I was living in They were like, hey, can you go to dinner? And you're like, I'm actually across the country. I'm in LA right now. And they're like, oh, like when are you coming back? And I was like- story is is crazy. I actually live there. I don't know if you saw, but I moved officially. Yeah, I lived in an apartment. Oh my gosh. Okay, so wait. So with dance- did you grow up dancing? Was that something you yeah. always did? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I did. I always wanted to play sports, but I was like super clumsy. Like I broke like five bones. You said it, it, the sports didn't want to play me. They it's truly the didn't. Okay. My mom was always like, she has an eye for the ball. And I Aww, absolutely did not have an sweet, eye for the ball. She believed and that's she what you needed. She truly believed. Yeah. Um, so she put me in dance. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> she was like, this will get her energy out. She goes, dot, 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 dance. Yeah. Um, so I did that and um, made like the competition team. Yeah. And it was huge blessing actually because I think it's really hard to leave Guam because it's expensive it's a big trip you know and there's really no reason to unless you're doing a sport or you know yeah something that takes you out of it so I think I was really lucky to dance um the studio I danced for was called Skip Entertainment Mm -hmm. um and we just were like the main touring company at the Mm -hmm. time and um I got to go to like Canada. I got to go across the mainland, U.S. I got to go to Europe for dance. It exposes you. To yeah, yeah. So even though I was on Guam, which would maybe be an isolating experience, yeah. even though it's a beautiful experience, right. I still got to see what else was possible. Right. You were like, there is life outside of this that I might be interested in. Correct. I love that. So then in New York, you were dancing professionally. Mm-hmm. And then how did you transition from? So we know we moved to L.A., mm-hmm. but then how do we transition out of dance into boxing? Because I guess like you were like, no more New York, no more dance. Boom, boom. Well, it was a hard transition. Number one, I'm going to start there. It was a really hard transition, even deciding that I was done with dance. Okay. Cause I, I mean, I, how did you get to that decision? I didn't even realize I didn't want to. I was like very resistant Mm. about it. It, I think I really became settled about it in 2020, which is interesting because I moved to LA in like what, 2016, 2017. Um, And it took stopping Mm. for me to realize I suddenly realized I was relieved. I was relieved that I didn't have to go to an audition. I was relieved that I didn't really like need to to yeah. go do something, go take class, go network. I didn't, I didn't need to do those things. And I felt relieved. Mm. And that was heartbreaking. Before that, it was heartbreaking because I was sort of dancing in the middle. Right. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> I was like sort of in the middle of like, I want to dance. I still want to dance. No, I don't. I hate it. Da, da, yeah. da. I just, or, or I would isolate and be like, I just hate it in LA. I loved it in New York. Mm. I hated it here. Um, anything but the common denominator anything but me just simply being done with it wow. still love the art still love to dance and move my body yeah. but I didn't want to pursue it anymore and that you know I, I've talked to maybe a few dancers that's a really hard mm-hmm. thing to accept because you spend your entire life mm-hmm. mind body and soul doing it mm-hmm. um, it becomes your identity in, in many ways yeah, so you're I like I'm releasing my me, identity they were like oh what's your name oh low um so like you know what what are you about I'm, I'm a dancer that was always the next thing yeah no, nothing else. I yeah. wouldn't tell you anything else about me, but I'm a dancer. Mm. That was my entire identity. Especially in a place like New York or LA, because then it's like, whoa, and that opens up a whole conversation. Right. And when you remove those things, it's like, okay, who am I at my core? Right. That like, person is I worth talk talking like, what about. Do, I do? Because what I did was yeah. what I attached my worth to. Right. But not even what do I do? Like, who am I? Yeah. If yeah. I'm doing nothing, that's what I'm working on right now. It's like, who am I innately? Like, what is that worth level about? Yeah. Not just the things that I can produce or achieve. Right. 
But with that, so then we transitioned from dance to boxing. So I was still in New York when I first took my first boxing class. And the reason why I even took it was because someone that I was dancing for, you know, uh, talked to me about essentially, to put it nicely, like cross training because okay, wanted me to slim down a bit. Uh-uh. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not for nothing. I it was like imagine. the first. It was the first time I was like, stop. I've been around like rich food. Okay, like, you I got you lost your mind a little bit. I sure <laughs> did. I was like drinking like you yeah, know, yeah, there's yeah. happy hours everywhere. Yeah, you're like, like pizza. I was like, oh, I just keep drinking wine and have pizza. Uh, so like, they were like, let's do some cardio. Maybe. Yeah, but no one had ever talked to me about that. That's so, so funny. I just joined Class Pass and I saw a boxing gym mm-hmm. on it, and I just was like, all right, I'll go. Like mm-hmm. that seems cool. Um, and the first day I went, <laughs> no, the first thing I had to do was like run yeah. half of the Brooklyn bridge or something like that. And I was like, hello, oh am I Rocky? Like, I really just came over here to just see what was going on. And y'all had me. That's crazy. I was absolutely terrified. And I was like, wait, absolutely it's also, not. I was cold too. Cause I was like, it's cold outside. I was, are you serious? And like, no one taught me punches. No, yeah. like nothing went out, did the run, came back. Still no one taught me anything. And I was like, okay. But like, I've you were just trying to jump in with everybody else. Legitimately. And then, oh, and, and I don't even know if I'm remembering this as accurately as it felt, but like, <laughs> It truly felt like That's one minute so I'm running, next minute I'm back down and yeah. I'm trying to copy the person next of to me course. throwing anything I saw her throw. Yeah. And then next thing I know, I feel like we were put into the ring. They split oh, up the ring, uh-uh. and then they had us sort of like tagging each other. So I went into like, you know, let's just scrap maybe because like, I don't know. Not I will fight you for my life. I had no idea what- <laughs> she said all my life I had to fight. Yeah. <laughs> This is paradise because I was like, let's go. They're like, this is a family show. Wait a minute. Because, okay, so obviously boxing in my mind, obviously there's like the training for a fight. But if you're not, then in my mind, like I guess Lobos is like actually, but Box Union is more like the bag and you and like more of a fitness based. You were like, I don't know anything about that. Even that y'all won't let us like, you have to do the little shadow class before you start. But they were like, you will practice on a person and you will either sink or swim yeah and i okay. didn't you know i didn't know it's like, like a, a damn rocky movie it really dude, is Creed. it was it We're was filming absolutely Creed right hilarious. Now. i left and i was like completely like what just happened like i don't know what i learned i but i also left like being like i love this i have no idea again what happened but i ended up trying a different gym because again i'm on class pass whatever uh let's try it i tried another gym and they really walked me through the punches they like gave me a bit more it was a bit more <laughs> you might have signed up for like an advanced and you didn't know it i probably is did what I'm honestly i probably just was like i'll go to that one and like didn't read anything yeah. as per usual. and it was actually like final training before the big five yeah it's like advanced like people who Way are in. like technical. <laughs> she down there with Ronda Rousey and she didn't even know it. I was like, let's go. They're like, okay, she's she's got that spirit. And you can't teach that. Yes, yes. Can't I teach heart. The guy was like, she's at she clearly moves. Yeah. She clearly like can right. pick up. She thinks she's a power ranger, but yeah. she's here. And she that's has what no counts. idea what she's doing. Right. So what made you from humble beginnings fall in love with boxing? Like what is it that you really fell in love with or that you love about it? I loved uh, initially that I wasn't good at it and then mm. that was okay. Um, Who was it okay by? The world? The like, world. Period. Like really? the coach really was like, huh. and I think because it was such a different experience in dance where it's like very nitpicky yeah. of like you have to do it right, you get a correction. Yeah, and look right, right at the same time. Yes. 
and boxing was almost it was almost like I was celebrated because mm. I was not good <laughs> you know okay. I, I'd make mistakes or yeah. you know and I even would find that as I was going mm. in the beginning and I still do this to this day I catch myself I'll apologize mm. I'd be like oh sorry oh I'm so sorry and they're like <laughs> and literally the coach was like stop if yeah. you do that again like you're I'll make you yeah. run yeah. and I was like okay um so I think what really made me fall in love was uh that alone, I just was always in a constant process, constant mm. process of learning and still am constant yeah. process of learning. And what it turned to be, what turned, what started as physical turned to be this like full emotional mental journey for me yeah. to, to be forced to kind of learn about myself because of those little habits of right. I'm sorry. Right. Or me getting frustrated if I didn't yeah. get a combo. Me, like, not understanding something and how I react. Mm. And I was starting to pay attention to those habits. Mm. And then I was like, wait, if I'm doing this here, mm. if I'm this frustrated here, there's a really good chance I'm doing this elsewhere. And it's crazy because when you start out, especially with your little young brain, like dance, cheer, all of that, where it really is about being perfect. Like mm -hmm. it really is like you can't, especially even with like, obviously with contact sports, sure, of course, but you're going to be tackled. Like you're going to look weird. You're going to look awkward at some point. You're going to miss a shot in basketball, whatever. But like cheer, for example, if you mess up, you'll break your neck or someone else's like it really is. So I get where it comes from, but then also tying that into like beauty standards and all of these things that you're being shaped by as a young girl and then trying to come out of that, even just to go to a fitness class as an adult is like, hello, like you'll yell out in class and be like, nobody is looking at you. <laughs> I'm like, they are I'm like, the coach is going to make me run. Like, it's hard to get out of that. And it's we're in the dark, but I'm like, she probably saw me mess up. Yeah. Like, like one, two, what? Like, I don't even know. And then even that for me, boxing, but also yoga was what made me realize physically the impact that can have, because I was like, you don't breathe. Like I knew. Okay. So when I would tumble, I used to come up like really dizzy and I would be like, hello. And it's because when I like stress or whatever, like I'm carrying this tension and I don't breathe. Girl, what? Like you're doing all of these intense things with your body and you don't even you can't even feel it because you don't breathe. You're not in tune with your body at all. You're just forcing yourself right. to do something. Right. So to your point there, it's like, am I in tune? Am I living this life and experiencing it or am I forcing myself with my breath held? Oof, that Golly. Is Let me get in your business because now we're getting in mine. Everything. No, but that's Lord I think that's mercy. exactly what it felt like to give to let go of dance and give into boxing, yeah. everything you just said. Like, I almost feel like for a good amount of years, I was like holding my breath. Ooh. And boxing, you got to breathe. Yeah, you got to exhale. You you must breathe. You must you breathe. Must. Yesterday, I was like, <gasps> like, because <laughs> like, I had not worked out and I came back to your class and I was like, Jesus, is there air in the room? Holy yeah, Spirit, be a fresh wind. I was like this. I was praying. I, well, you never do. So I'm used to that. But it was something extra sticky yesterday. I was like, maybe it's your like lungs being out of shape. <laughs> maybe it's you. Um, okay. So if you had to give advice, I feel like that's a good sale. But to someone who maybe is interested in it is like boxing or like it can it can sound intimidating, especially because we we live in very like populous cities where it's like everyone knows this. But like if you're in like Wyoming, it's probably not the most like you're probably soul cycling, no shade to that. So if someone wants to try something like boxing or something out of their comfort zone and new, especially physically, because New Year's resolutions, I'm sure everyone's headed to the gym. What would be like your piece of advice to encourage them to do that? I think from just a physical standpoint, mm -hmm. it 
if you're looking for a challenge, it's the biggest challenge you'll ever face, mm-hmm. like physically. Um, and I That's think that true. it, I think that boxing itself changes your body mm-hmm. in ways that I never even thought. Mm-hmm. And it, and it is a lot. <laughs> it's strength. It's strength. It's cardio. It's, you know, it's, it's a full body. Yeah, it really workout. is. I think a lot of times people think that it's just arms, oh, it's no. just upper body. My toenails hurt yeah. when I'm through. Actually, <laughs> literally anymore. my nails are flying off. But that's so that's from like a physical standpoint. Um, I would say from a mental standpoint, I think that we hold ourselves back. Mm-hmm. Even going to like a normal fitness class mm-hmm. or whatever. And I, I can speak on that. I don't even always love going to a fitness mm-hmm. class. Plot twist. Like I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't like the unknown, which is probably still tied to that perfectionism. Yeah. But. And I think um, boxing challenges that. Mm. challenges you mentally it challenges it you physically challenges you mentally. it keeps you very present yeah um absolutely and i think that the longer you stay with it the longer you grow with it it's yeah. probably the first thing i think i read this it's like the first thing you'll do outside of maybe learning a language or mm. being in school it's the first thing since any of those things that you actually have to develop like mm. you can't just like walk in and be great and be great you be okay. Like there's some people who are more natural at mm-hmm. it and some that aren't, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't just walk in and be dope at it. Yeah. You actually have to go again. Right. Go again. There's so much repetition again, yeah. again, again, again. So I also think it builds patience. Mm-hmm. So my best advice would just be to go because mm-hmm. you may not be good at it, but it will teach you everything that you need to know right. about you. With lower pressure, lower stakes, because even all the other things we were naming, there's a lot of repetition there, but it's like, you must be perfect each time rather than you must develop into your best self, whatever that looks like. Right, right. I love that. And I think it's also to your point, like, I think it is, it's a scary thing to think about. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of, um, even the first gym I went into, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like dark. It was a little grimy. It was (laughs) like, like, (sighs) it made me run. It's giving eight mile. Yeah. The gym is scary. Gym is scary. The vibes I think are some off. Danny gym is really scary because, like, For a sure. lot of times you hear like, whoosh, whoosh, like, yeah. like loud, loud <laughs> grunting. From a from a woman's perspective, yeah. I think that you know it's oh, always sure. been super male mm-hmm. dominated in mm-hmm. some of these gyms. That's scary, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that places like a box union mm-hmm. is wonderful mm-hmm. for for you to at least get to know the sport, yeah, because it's a bit of a safer intro more inviting transition oh, intro sure. yeah and there's fun music and it's kind of your own thing I think being in the dark in that way like it's not pitch black y'all but it's pretty close I think it's <laughs> helpful because it really feels like it is me and this bag and whatever like you'll do a lot of you know that's why you're life coach but motivational things where you literally feel like your lung has left your body and gone to your back shoulder blade and then literally is getting dust and, and atmosphere on it. That's how I feel. I need you to feel me. And Lo will be like, you're the one standing between. And I'll be like, fine. I'll like reach and put my lung back in. And I'll be like, but it's really, no, it's, am I wrong? I wish you could take your class. That's what I want more. That's what I want for my birthday. So in August, be ready. Me because, take my own class. Yeah, no. Sometimes I'm like this young lady, but. It's never, I never, I'm never like, damn, I wish I didn't go. Ugh, hate that and for I me. I might be doing something right there. Uh, well, don't remember this next week when I flick you off. <laughs> <laughs> you tired. always do. I'm always like, I always know when I look at her and she's like turned I've been trying to away. tell her, people are dying. Kim. And but I'm like, fine. Marissa, get your hands no, up. No, literally. <laughs> okay, so. In the process of that, let's talk a little about leaving family, moving to a new city, 
cities and then just sort of the transition there because people at home may not know, but you lost your mom. Mm -hmm. So how in the process of early-ish adulthood, trying to figure out life, moving, and then losing like the closest person to you. Yeah. Not to just into that, but- I think when it comes to fighting back in life, that's probably where I would have tapped out of the ring. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear your perspective on how you kept fighting. Yeah, um, that's a really good question. I think uh, you're right. Losing my mom was like the hardest thing. I actually just wrote about it because I'm like, yes, journal. Write a book. Oh well, you're gonna have it because you've been journaling a lot. So oh, yes. you can just put those pages together. That's pretty much what I'm. I'll doing. be there for mine to be signed. Front, and- front one. <laughs> Please and thank you. Um, so my mom passed really fast. I don't mm-hmm. even know if I've ever told you that. We mm-hmm. found out she was sick. And then three weeks later, she basically passed. Um, How old were you? I was 21. Yeah. I'm going to try not to cry. Which is like older, but like not. No. You know, like I'm no. still, I was still that brat. Yeah. That I like, could be 90 and it would be too soon. Dude. It, yeah. I don't think there's ever probably a good time yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, I remember the day I took her to the hospital that she finally, she was also a stubborn woman. Mm-hmm. I get it from her. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't go. She wouldn't go. Of she wouldn't not. go. Finally, I was like, we got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, she couldn't really walk. And mm-hmm. I remember I, I sat her up and I ran to go get the car because we didn't have a parking. So I had right. to go street parking, <laughs> ran to go get the car. And I had this moment where I started shaking and I started just like almost crying. And I was, I, I, said to myself, I was like, this is the only moment you get. It's the mm-hmm. only moment you get. And I took a big, deep inhale, big exhale. And I was like, never in front of her mm-hmm. is all I said. And I feel like that moment, I even realized it then when I think about it now, that moment was the moment I started fighting. If I had to be really honest because that moment, our roles switched, right? From me cry, her bro. being my... <laughs> My caretaker, my yeah. my person that I leaned on. Yeah. I had to be that for her. I had no idea how to be that for her. Yeah. Um, but I started with I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry and I'm mm-hmm. gonna do everything I can to make sure she's good. When I got her, you know, went through the whole process, we got, you know, really not good care. Right. But I think um once she once she kind of we kind of knew what was going on. Right. At one point she said to me, I just want to make sure you're okay. Just want to make sure you're right okay. Right now. Yeah. Or period. Just period. Cause she, we were not very well off. Like mm-hmm. at one point we were, you know, like we were never like rich, 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 mm-hmm. but you know, we were never struggling, mm-hmm. but around this time for that, the year or two, we were struggling. Mm-hmm. Couldn't even buy pizza. Mm-hmm. Like it. And so she, she was really stressed about me and school and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we were obviously already taking out loans, but we were right. looking at other loans and she was like, I just, you know, I just want to make sure you're okay. Right. Are How you? are you doing? Yeah. And I, I was like, mom, I'm okay. I figured it out. Even though, even though I actually hadn't, I was like, I figured it out. I got it. I'm, I'm good. I, I did it. I did it. You're yeah. good. You're good. Um, a week later she passed. And I, I think that moment that I took, I just never let go of. Mm-hmm. And I never then gave myself a moment to ever have it even after she passed. Mm-hmm. So to your question about how I kept fighting, I don't even know if I was really fighting mm-hmm. for, 
I mean, I would say even close to like eight to 10 years after she yeah. passed, I was just really surviving. And I really I don't hung know on to. Like, <laughs> Sorry, Chief. No, I, I don't. I'm like, I don't want to make you cry, but, but this is why I didn't put lashes on. <laughs> so, anywho, just hanging in there. So I just hung on to uh, me telling her that it was okay. Because, okay. and, and that's what I sort of was my North Star and everything. You were willing that to be true. Yeah. I was just like, I'm just always going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay, which was fine. Mm-hmm. And it got me through. A good amount of years. It, it shockingly got me to New York. It got me to a lot of things, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I was ever really living and if I was ever really fighting. I almost mm-hmm. feel like I was numb through a lot of it mm-hmm. until I finally like woke up mm-hmm. and I wanted more and I wanted to live and I wanted to fight and I wanted to see what I wanted. Yeah. You know, and be more than okay. And be more than okay. And not just survive. I really Fake wanted okay, to Fake okay. Real okay. Yeah. yeah. What made you wake up? Kind of just being at the fucking... Sorry, what did I want? No, yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like trying Woo! not to this whole time. No. Um, but I was at my fucking lowest. Yeah. Um, zero money. Uh, did not know how I was going to eat. <laughs> did not know if I even made the right decision to dance, did right. not know anything. And I left New York. So it was mm-hmm. pretty much when I left New York that I moved to LA that I was like, I'm awake. I'm awake. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I don't know. And I think that's why, honestly, the transition with dance started happening mm-hmm. because I think there was a second that I was doing it for the wrong reasons. Like mm-hmm. I was doing it because I knew she loved mm-hmm. it when I danced mm-hmm. and I couldn't tell if I was doing it because yeah. I loved it. Mm. so you're like holding on to memories right because you know I, I'd already lost so much yeah. of her you know I'd already, I have some things of her you know I have a lot of things still but it was not the things that meant something yeah. you know like I the phone that I had with her texts and yeah. her voicemails got stolen that was gone. lord have mercy you know, this this ring <laughs> actually which is a crazy story um right before she passed she gave me uh, we were packing things up because we couldn't afford to live right. in the apartment that we were in. And uh, she gave me her class ring. Mm-hmm. And it was this gold with this ruby and it had her initials on the inside. And I, I kid you not, this ring <laughs> had survived so many things. Like mm-hmm. on my college graduation day, it slipped off while I was paddle boarding. Slipped off. And once you drop something in the ocean, anyone yeah, I was to say. <laughs> once you drop something in the ocean, it's, it's gone. It's gone, I fear. It's gone. Yeah. My boyfriend at the time ran to the beach because he knew yeah ran to the beach got like snorkel gear and just went to shout out him and i'm just sitting there like it's gone yeah away i kid you not like 10 15 feet away from me he goes i got it started screaming i got it it was perched on a piece of coral apparently is what he said wild you still needed it still needed it in new york it fell off on a subway platform Mm. and i somehow knew exactly where i thought it was of course yeah got off the train got back it was still there yep I got to LA and I was going through my transition with dance, you know, I was mm-hmm. starting to box on the side more, mm-hmm. hadn't really fully committed to it yet. And, um, I had, I wasn't even at boxing yet. I don't think I went out dancing, mm-hmm. salsa dancing. Of course. And, uh, it must've flown off mm. and never found it. I was heartbroken, heartbroken. But to your point, I think that on some level I didn't need it anymore. I was going to say it yeah. was like a, releasing it in a way like she is still with you whether you have the physicalities and it's at this point it's like 
who she equipped you to be is yes. how she lives on. So outside of the phone, the messages, the rings, like you are, mm-hmm. you are the way I saw this the other day that was like a Reddit thread that was tweeted. And I was like, oh, I get chills thinking about it. But I sent it to my mom about her mom. Um, I just got goosies. But they basically, someone was saying that their mom passed away giving birth to them. And they were like, so I always feel so guilty and blah, blah, blah. And long story short, this person responded was like, I'm a mom and I'm letting you know that you are how she stays in the world. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> like you're how she stays in it. Mm-hmm. It's not the ring. It's not dance. It's not like any other physical tangibles that we hold on to on this side of things. Right. Because at the end of the day, all you have is like your heart, her being her essence and everything that you are every single day. If you woke up and never got out of the bed, like yeah. that honors her. Yeah. And there were days that I didn't get out of bed. And there were days that I used to always go to these slumps of Mm -hmm. like three days where I just was like, I was almost paralyzed. Grief. You've heard of it. Grief. (laughs) Yeah. It's like weird slumps. Like Like, I would get sad. Then one day I'd be angry. Yeah. I don't know. So weird. I'd cry even. Could you believe it? So weird. (laughs) So then what has been from that time, one of the biggest things you credit with helping your mental health and your mental wellness sort of get back on track? I think getting to know myself Mm -hmm. and I think specifically, I think where it really changed was when I started living by myself. Oh yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. You (laughs) kind of, you kind of run out of things to do in a studio (laughs) apartment. (laughs) I'll be in here like, well, (laughs) to myself. And I would watch old shows. I would do literally anything, but get to know myself. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when I started to really write and Mm -hmm. I started to read again Mm -hmm. and I started to listen to podcasts. (laughs) Uh, I was just willing to figure out what I even wanted. Yeah. You know, kind of back to earlier in our Mm -hmm. conversation of like, who am I? The real you. The real me. The the one that's not also like identified by Mm -hmm. the girl that lost her mom. Mm -hmm. Because that was also part of the story. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, I'm a dancer and my mom died. Mm-hmm. And my dad wasn't really around. Mm-hmm. Like that was the story mm-hmm. that I told people. Yeah. And it was never just like, and I'm low and I love pink and yeah. I love <laughs> my CC Chevy. That's yeah. in my car. You know, I love being girly. I love, yeah. you know, being like in some ways masculine, mm-hmm. I love being tough. Like I didn't, I couldn't even say those things. Mm-hmm. I was too busy looking at the things that were labels on me. Mm. I think even when you said that, I just thought like thinking of the things that I feel that I don't have. I feel like those things define us so much more than what we do. Yeah. 